You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff. This is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets just the tiny bit of knowledge. My name is Matt. I am joined by Neil, Jeff, and Ken. How are you fellas doing this afternoon? Uh, well, it's morning here, but we're doing okay. <laughs> Wow, those, those, those pesky time zones getting us again. Uh, I think we're good. <laughs> Matt, thank you, you think you're good? It's early morning. I think you could say afternoon, even if it's like 11 ish. Well, isn't, I think that's fair. Isn't the I word think itself it's literally afternoon? afternoon. <laughs> I know, yeah. I know, but you know. This is a it, trivia it podcast, feels... Ken. Details matter. Well, Would well, that make if 10 p.m. afternoon? Because it technically. You is. know, if it's 1 a.m. in the morning, we say that it's the previous day, even though it's the next day. Technically. Because you're awake. I don't, so shut I don't up. like this conversation. It makes me uncomfortable. Tell us in the comments. That's what I think. <laughs> when does afternoon start and no, it's, it's, when is, is it Is there tomorrow? some leeway with, with the way you describe times? Is there leeway? I say yes. Hmm. Hmm. Ken also thinks there's leeway on crime. No, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not taking a political stance here. <laughs> I would like him to expound on jaywalking. That. Yes, <laughs> wow. Le- leeway on jaywalking wow. for sure. You think time is all wibbly wobbly flim flam, and you say you're not taking a political stance, Ken? You're, you're talking about the Jay Leno uh, project where he goes on the street and talks to people, though. That's what Please you think should be illegal. No more jaywalking. No more than that. Well, we've talked a lot about leeway today, but we're going to be talking about Lee's Summit in a minute because we're going to meet one of today's contestants. Uh, it's going to be Derek Martin, an Oakland Five supporter from Lee's Summit, Missouri. Derek, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you? Oh, just doing fabulous. Why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself and how you came to love triviality? Because I'm assuming that. <laughs> That's not a cult. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about that. It might be a cult. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm from Lee Summit, Missouri. It's just south of Kansas City. Um, and I'm an accountant. I do, uh, we do for a firm that does uh, property management for Section 8 housing. So all over, the, all mostly on the East Coast, but um yeah, um, field that's getting more and more important as the housing market is just ridiculous right now. So still ridiculous. Mm-hmm. As a person whose mortgage keeps going up, I tend to agree <laughs> 100% with that. Uh, so you'll be teaming with Neil today. Did you guys have any ideas on a team name? 
Yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan of the movie Major League. Uh, Derek said he likes baseball quite a bit, and since he's uh, pretty close to Kansas City, we're going to be just a bit outside of Kansas City. Mm, this is just a bit outside of Jeff and Ken's normal wheelhouse, uh, but you guys will be teaming up today. Did you guys have an idea on a team name? Yep, since we heard all the questions beforehand, we're going to be inside baseball. Mm, we excellent. didn't really, though. No? <laughs> but, okay. But that's a segue for you. Speaking of the questions... Oh, speaking of the questions, hey, we need someone to ask and potentially write those questions, which we do. We have a savage superstar from Southampton, Massachusetts. Uh, joining us is Lydia D'Agostino. Lydia, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing good. Thanks. Now, hopefully, based on this theme, you wrote 25 baseball questions. Is that accurate? I sure did Please, not. no. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell the folks at home a little bit about yourself? Uh, sure. So I um, live in Southampton, Mass. I am an infectious diseases pharmacist. Um, and I was just on with you guys a few months ago. And so nothing's really changed. Welcome back. <laughs> All right. Well, and also a good thing, the rules haven't changed. Uh, so sending it over to Darren, who's going to do his best Ozzy Osbourne doing the seventh inning stretch version of the rules. We're going to send it over to Darren Ozzy Osbourne. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. I am the cream. Oh, that was perfect. Everyone agrees? As always. Of course. As always perfect. Mm -hmm. I feel like I just stumbled out of a crazy train. <laughs> all right. And with all that out of the way, I'm going to hand it over to Lydia. I'll be keeping score and not paying attention. <laughs> all right. Perfect. Thank that's, you. That's a little too much inside baseball I, for the podcast, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I, I didn't know the lack of seriousness meant an exceptional amount of honesty. <laughs> <laughs> all the lack of seriousness is with the scorekeeper, actually. Fun fact. Thank you. All right. So uh, this is my first time hosting or writing trivia. So thank you for uh, bearing with me and having me. Thank you uh, for doing it. That's, uh, that's a daunting task. So <laughs> It sure is. So for number one, the category is famous brands. So while, while Colorado sees the most Subaru sales annually, it's surprisingly only ranked fifth in terms of state with the most Subarus per capita with 4.3% of overall auto sales. With a whopping 11.3% of car owners driving Subarus, which state is at the top of this list? This state also boasts the most craft breweries and the most senators over the age of 80 per capita. I'm almost thinking maybe like East Coast, possibly because i'm thinking a little game theory here lydia is on the east coast i think your vermont's your mains your rhode islands uh i've seen a lot of supers over there with a lot of bumper stickers um that's really i mean that's probably bad logic here but that's kind of where my head is at between like those ones and the per capita um makes me think it's a smaller state oh that's a good point too yeah so um i'm trying to think of senators is bernie sanders over 80 in vermont yeah, I think so. All right, you want to just go Vermont for four Bernie Vermont. Sanders? Okay. Yeah. He's only 53. <laughs> Lived a very hard life. Um, Ken and I went back and forth between Vermont and New Hampshire, and we eventually settled on New Hampshire. So let's see if we flip the coin the right way. 
All right. The answer is Vermont. Oh. Classic Bernie. <laughs> Who's the other senator? Do we know? Oh. I, I don't know. I don't remember who the junior senator is. Yeah. Orville Redenbacher. I was killed by a Subaru the other day that changed four lanes on the highway. And I thought, oh, great. My last thought's going to be about how the eucalyptus plant is somehow um, a sign of colonialism. And I was like, no, that's how it ends. Well, we may learn uh, some disturbing facts about Orville Redenbacher on an episode of Bloodsport. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. So watch your popcorn intake, I guess. All right, moving on to question number two. The category is beer. Bud Light has held the throne of the best-selling beer in the U.S. since 2001, when it overtook the heavier Budweiser variety. But as of June of 2023, there's a new champ in town with which beer taking over for number one in overall sales? I'm thinking it's probably not uh, an American beer. Yeah, like PBR, uh, Coors. Um, no, it's not Miller. Um, so it's got to be something that that is like exotic, for lack of a better word, or just different. Um, that it's probably bottled in America anyway. But um, so you know, uh, Modelo, Corona, maybe like a, I don't know. I don't think Blue Moon is that popular, but something that's like flavored. I don't know. And I'd love to say it was my local brewery, uh, Boulevard, but it's not. Uh... Boulevard of, of broken bottles. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Let's go. We can go with Corona. Let's go with Corona. All right, I'm good with that. Let's lock in with Corona. We also went with Corona. So so close, but it is actually Modelo. So it did get mentioned. But oh wow, <laughs> I do see that one all over the place now. I just didn't think it was that popular. America has decided it's Modelo time. <laughs> All right, on to question three, and the category is flags. So while the world's most colorful flag should probably be given to South Africa with six prominent colors on its flag, the official winner uh, with 12 total colors on its flag, which was designed in 1981, is which Central American nation? So Jeff, are you uh, struggling on this one? You look I, like you're struggling. I am struggling Despite being the one. flag man. The flag man has some weaknesses, and All apparently right. it's Central American nations. Well, take a guess. All right, Derek, they're locked in. Um, I know okay, nothing well, of flags other than of our fathers, really, so what do you know about uh, flags? I don't think it's Panama, because that's red, like red, white, and blue, I believe. Okay. Uh, Honduras and Nicaragua, I think, are pretty similar in colors. So what do we have? Costa Rica, Guatemala. Is that the only two we're missing? Hmm. I'm going to lean on you because you just named countries I didn't even realize in Central America. So, <laughs> one I say it's I didn't even know about. <laughs> um, let's do let's do Guatemala. All right, I'm good with that. I picked one of the two flags I couldn't picture. Uh, one was Nicaragua, and the other one is Belize. And I flipped the coin, and I just said Nicaragua. Oh, the coin did you dirty. It's oh, Belize. Jeff, your coin is killing us today. Wow. I know. Loser gets sent to Belize at, at the end of this game, like Breaking Bad. <laughs> Lovely. I would love no, a vacation. Belize is beautiful. Yeah, right? actually. Oh, yeah. I'll take a vacation. <laughs> wouldn't mind that. It's a race to the bottom now. <laughs> we got a head start? Yeah, we haven't done a single thing right. All right, question number four in the category is mythology. 
Selene is the goddess of the moon in Greek mythology, but we tend to associate this celestial body's name more commonly with the name of the Roman goddess. Uh, which goddess is that? Of note, it was also the most popular dog name for the last two years. Because uh, I'm thinking, I mean, uh, is it Uranus is, or Jupiter is, is Zeus, so... Yeah. Uh, God, uh, let's see, goddess of the moon. And what? And they, it's one of the popular dog names. I was thinking like Luna. That seems like that's a what dog I was name. thinking. That's a that seems like a pretty popular dog name. Let's go with Luna. Okay, that sounds like a good one. Uh, we also said Luna. All right, and you're both 100 percent correct. It is Luna. Luna. Yeah, go ahead and make a tile joke <laughs> for the Chicago people, for the local area people. Do you have, you guys don't have Luna? Do you? The tile services. Okay. It's a, wow. it's a does, huge. Does the number seven seven three two zero two mean anything? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's an enormous tile and carpet warehouse around Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Best jingle. Just endless. They have, a, they have a good jingle. Endless local commercials. commercials. <laughs> All right, moving on to question number five. The category is food, and this is our listener submitted question written by my sister Melanie. Oh, thank you, Melanie. Marzipan is a sweet confection used primarily for its ability to be molded into a wide variety of shapes. Though other flavors are often added, what is the traditional flavor of marzipan? Reluctant. Now, if Neil doesn't know a dessert question. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, The first thing that came to my mind was hazelnut. I, I I think you're on the right track with the nuts. Uh, I think we're both nuts for marzipan. I believe it's almond, though. Is it? Okay. Let's go with like a nutty, yeah, nutty flavor, but almond, I believe. Let's go almond. We said almond. It is almond. Nicely done. Oh joy. When I know my nuts, I know my nuts, Jeff. Oh, you're nuts, all right. Mm-hmm. Want to get nuts? Yeah, let's get nuts and let's get some scores. Uh, so far, uh, just a bit outside, just a bit in the lead with 30 points, uh, Jeff and Ken. Inside baseball, that insider knowledge not helping you as much yet with 20 points, but there's a full second half of this first round, so let's get to it. All right, so on to question six. The category for this one is animals. One of the most unusual types of mammals are the monotremes. Mostly known for laying eggs, there are actually only two different types of animals in this order. The most notable, of course, being the platypus. Can you name the other? Reluctant. See, echidna, isn't it? Oh, that sounds. Wait, is echidna the is echidna the one with the poop? No, no, that's no, that's a (laughs) that's a wombat. That's a wombat that has a square. They do poop. I'm guessing they poop. Yeah, (laughs) I think it's an echidna. I echidna sounds cool to me. Let's let's go with your answer. Yeah, Uh, agree that it's the echidna. All right, you guys know your monotremes. It is the echidna. Nice job, Derek. I had no idea on that one. Huge fan of monotremes. You know who's, <laughs> when I wrote when I wrote this question, it had a very large knuckles clue in it because that's how I relate everything. <laughs> '90s video games. Matt is a fellow boy band lover. Is it uh, O Town that's a fan of Monotremes? Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay. All right. On to question seven, and the category is medicine. Dating back to the late 1400s, this disease caused by the bacteria Treponema pallidum was the first to be recognized as an STD. Prior to the invention of penicillin in 1943, it was actually sometimes treated by giving people malaria. What is this disease? 
All right, so we have uh, wrote down three STDs that are candidates for the answer. Uh, we rolled a uh, D3. Yep. And uh, we, we picked one. You never want to roll when it comes to uh, STDs. <laughs> never. Uh, oh, you, you often roll the dice. I'm leaning towards one STD, Derek, but I want to hear what you think. I'm not sure. Um, so let's, we can go with whatever you... What, your, what came to your mind? So uh, I'm thinking, um, Lydia said 1400s. I think there was a war of some sort. I, I know France was involved. I, it was one of the Charleses. It was on a TV show called The Borgias. Anyway, um, I believe it was syphilis. Um, that's what I'm leaning towards. But I, it's either syphilis or, um, and now I'm forgetting the other one I was thinking of, but I, I can see, picture it from health class. Anyway, I think it's syphilis. <laughs> it's hard to forget those pictures, yeah, right? It is, yeah. Uh, we chose chlamydia. It is syphilis. Well done. Hmm. And that was can just from a TV show. Syphilis? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's usually not said with such a plum. <laughs> it's syphilis. <laughs> Yay. Chlamydia, not a bad guess, though, because it does rhyme with my name. Yeah, we were using some game theory. <laughs> That's what it was. Dolores. <laughs> That's why we decided that. <laughs> You've never had a Jerry Seinfeld interaction, though, where someone's tried to rhyme your name with chlamydia, though, right? No. Okay. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> All right. Question number eight, and the category is sports. The National Basketball Association consists of 30 total teams. Though women's professional sports has come a long way, there are definitely still far fewer teams in the WNBA with how many? Okay, they're locked in. Uh, Derek, I know sports is your forte, but are, how are you feeling on this question? WNBA, unfortunately, is not one of my strong sport um, back or topics. Just trying to think. I mean... I, I remember uh, when I was watching the uh, Chicago Sky when they won not too long ago, I feel like each conference maybe has like four teams. Um, four or five teams, I think, per conference. So I'm thinking... Or, or not, or what, let's see, there's East Coast, West Coast, but I'm thinking maybe like 20. Yeah, I was thinking 20, 20 and 20 or 22. Yeah, let's do 20. Okay, we'll lock in with 20. Okay, we said slightly fewer and said 16. So the answer is actually 12. Oh, wow. Jeff, you're killing me today, bro. I was like 12. You're like, how about 16? Fine. Of just, course, it was just a guess. Just answer all by yourself. You're, you're killing me, though. <laughs> Jeff's coin. It's, it's Jeff's coin. It's Jeff's coin you. is super unlucky. I have a cursed coin. Mm. Mm. Maybe your coin has syphilis. Guys gotta, guys gotta check out the WNBA. It's fantastic. <laughs> I think that's what the commercials say. All right. So for question number nine, this is the category is geography slash language. So including the United States of America, there are five countries that use every vowel in the English spelling of their names. However, there's only one that uses each vowel only once, and it accomplishes this with only a single word. What are you thinking? I'm thinking the O is the key, because there's we can find the other letters pretty commonly scattered in country names, but the O is probably a little more rare. Mozambique. Uh, O-A-I-U-E. Okay. We're locked in with Mozambique. That's also what I thought of, Mozambique. That's because it's right, Mozambique. <laughs> ah, redemption think, for Jeff. Yeah, I think I have heard that before. 
on a quiz show. So, all right. Question 10 is the category of history. The American Civil War consisted of an estimated 10,000 battles, the first of which was the Battle of Fort Sumter in 1861. What was the last battle of the war, which took place in May of 1865? Uh, not official if it inspired the popular salad dressing. So the only thing I can contribute, Derek, is we got Thousand Island Ranch, Antietam, Newman's Own. Uh, that's all I got. Newman's Antietam is a, is a tasty dressing. <laughs> The word ranch is kind something, of fun just because like ranch, I, yeah. Yeah, it's like something something ranch, the battle of blank ranch. Uh but I, I couldn't tell you a city name or a yeah, I, fort or anything. Yeah, I can't either. Um it feels like it was one of those that it was actually it was fought after the war was officially over, but it didn't yeah, have reached them yet, so how about we just make up how about we say the battle of Gulliver's Ranch? Let's do it. So uh yeah, we, we had a question a while back sort of about this, and it was kind of tricky because the battle was fought in Texas, I believe. and uh, Yeah, outside so that's of the why United was, States' is current borders, I think. Yeah, so that's why it was sort of like a tricky Civil War question because you don't often think about battles being fought in Texas or like that far south, really. Um, but so, yes, it was something ranch, but I can't remember the name of the ranch, so we just said Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> Uh, yep, so it is ranch, and it is in Texas, but it's Palmito Ranch. Mm. Mm. The new dipping sauce at Pizza Hut. That <laughs> <laughs> was honey mustard, come up with the... barbecue, and Palmito Ranch. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, no points on that last question, but you guys racked up quite a few points in that second half of the round, especially Derek and Neil. Uh, just a bit outside are ending that half with 60 points. Uh, Jeff and Neil, just a little bit behind. Jeff and who? <laughs> Jeff and Neil no. are competitors today. No, a, I know what they're doing. I'm a double agent today. <laughs> it's me. Neil, That's it's why me. I keep losing the coin flips. He's just Ken. You're just, just completely Ken. forgetting about it. Kind of that. is just Ken, honestly. I I keep I know getting wrong ones. Well, you got Mozambique. Ken. Ken's being Alan uh, over here. Yeah. Don't uh, Alan me, the, bro. <laughs> How many points uh, do we have, Matt? Me and you Jeff. guys got 40 points. Thank you. Let's, let's move on. You don't want to do let's... a better clean recap? No, I don't. I want to keep all that into shame, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's so messy. Let's move on to the uh, swing round. All right. So for our swing round today, it's called Who Did It Best? I'm going to list two artists that have a popular song in common and the years their singles were released. What I want you guys to do is give me the name of that song for three points and for two additional points, which artist did it better, which is determined by their highest ranking on the Billboard chart. All right, so number one is the Beatles in 1967 and Joe Cocker in 1968. Number two, Bobby Brown in 1988 and Britney Spears in 2004. Number three, Credence Clearwater Revival in 1969 and Ike and Tina Turner in 1971. Number four, Bob Dylan in 1967 and Jimi Hendrix in 1968. Number five, Nine Inch Nails in 1995 and Johnny Cash in 2003. Number six, Stevie Wonder in 1973 and Red Hot Chili Peppers in 1989. Number seven, 
The Who in 1971 and Limp Biscuit in 2003. Number eight, Wings in 1973 and Guns N' Roses in 1991. Number nine, Roberta Flack in 1973 and the Fugees in 1996. And number 10, the Guess Who in 1970 and Lenny Kravitz in 1999. All right, uh, we're going to go over those questions really quick, and they'll be right back after the break. Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. All right, everyone is back with their answers locked in. But before we get to that, hey, let's talk a little bit about Patreon first. Uh, Both of our contestants and our host today, everyone's a Patreon member. And we appreciate that so much. If you guys have been enjoying our blood sports series, we couldn't do stuff like that without people uh, supporting us on Patreon. Is that correct, Neil? That is correct. Uh, All 32 of our competitors are from Patreon. uh, And uh, it's just a, a... large process of uh, getting everyone together uh, from all around the world, and we couldn't have done it without the help from our uh, Patreon supporters to uh, to help give all these bonus episodes, uh, 24 episodes, to all of our listeners. For sure. And in in addition to being considered for Bloodsport, all the Patreon members get things like bonus episodes, stickers, shout-outs, and various other things that are wonderful um, at all different price points so if you think that you'd love to support us as well it's patreon.com slash triviality podcast and we appreciate every single one of you guys you know who else so uh, supports us on patreon matt ken who ken does because he really believes in this product and he said you got to spend money to make money so thanks ken it goes right back into my pocket <laughs> <laughs> with just a five percent taken off the top <laughs> A nice fraction of that goes right back to you. Uh, and with all that out of the way, let's throw it back to Lydia and let's finish up this swing round. All right. Thank you. So for who did it best? Number one, the Beatles in 1967 and Joe Cocker in 1968. Uh, we said uh, a little help for my friends. And we said Joe Cocker because we know it got popular when um, it was used uh, for the Wonder Years. Okay. Uh, we said also a little help for my friends. And we also said Joe Cocker. And that's correct. It's with a little help from my friends. And Joe Cocker's version peaked at 68, with the Beatles following behind at 71. 
So number two, Bobby Brown in 1988 and Britney Spears in 2004. Only Bobby Brown song we know is my prerogative. Figured maybe Britney covered it. And since we couldn't recollect that, we said Bobby Brown. And since it might not exist. <laughs> right, because we could be wrong. No, you're 100% right. Uh, my prerogative, Bobby Brown. We, we picked Bobby because uh, that was his biggest smash hit. So we're assuming that it uh, surpassed Britney's attempt. And you are correct. It is my prerogative. It was a number one hit for Bobby Brown. Britney Spears' version peaked at four. Number three. Creedence Clearwater Revival in 1969, and Ike and Tina Turner in 1971. Pretty sure the song is Proud Mary, and we think uh, Tina Turner probably got higher on the charts. Yeah, we agree. Uh, we said Proud Mary and Ike and Tina Turner. So it is Proud Mary, but kind of a surprise to me, Creedence Clearwater Revival's version actually did better. Um, it peaked at number two. Ike and Tina Turner was number four. All right, number four, um, Bob Dylan in 1967 and Jimi Hendrix in 1968. We said All Along the Watchtower, and we think Hendrix uh, charted higher. We also think it is All Along the Watchtower, and if uh, Watchmen told us anything, we assume it's Jimi Hendrix version. Yep, so that's correct. All Along the Watchtower and Jimi Hendrix came in at 20, and Bob Dylan's didn't even make the charts, actually. Number five. Nine Inch Nails in 1995, and Johnny Cash in 2003. Uh, the song is definitely Hurt. Uh, both versions amazing. We think Cash got higher on the charts, though. Yeah, if every sad movie trailer is to be believed. Yeah. Yeah, we also said Hurt, and we also said Johnny Cash. So it definitely is Hurt, although Nine Inch Nails came in oh, at number eight, wow. and Johnny Cash, 33. Now, how high did Johnny Cash's version of I Want to like an animal um <laughs> go on the charts see i did a little self bleeping there for ken mm-hmm. all right number six uh stevie wonder in 1973 and the red hot chili peppers in 1989 uh we unlike neil we quickly said higher ground and uh we went with stevie wonder's version yeah, uh, Lydia and Derek were subjected to me and, and Matt uh, trying to sing through the song but to, to get to the chorus, but we finally figured out higher ground, uh, and we think the Chili Peppers was charted higher. It is higher ground, and Stevie Wonder charted Woo! higher, four versus 11. Nothing against that version. I just think Stevie's is better. So I'm glad it charted higher. Mm-hmm. All right, number seven, The Who in 1971 and Limp Biscuit in 2003. We eventually got to Behind Blue Eyes, um, and we said The Who. Yeah, we're agreeing again. Uh, We said Behind Blue Eyes and The Who. It is Behind Blue Eyes, and I didn't have to lose faith in America because The Who did chart (laughs) higher. 34 versus 71. Quick aside, what's Lydia the name of... was about to have one of those days. <laughs> I was gonna... What's the name of Limp Bizkit's <laughs> Waters and like Hot Dog Water or something? Was it called the album? Chocolate Starfish and the and Hot, the hot, hot dog, dog, dog Flavored Water, which actually had uh, a cover of My Generation on it, which is probably what I would have guessed. For those oh, nice little Matt fact there. Mm-hmm. All right, number eight, Paul McCartney and Wings in 1973 and Guns N' Roses in 1991. Yeah, I can't. But here, Live and Let Die screeched uh, horribly in the 90s. Uh, so we got to go with uh, Live and Let Die. And I think probably it was Wings. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we said Live and Let Die. Uh, one of my favorite Bond songs. Uh, I differ from Ken, who hates it. But uh, we we think uh, Wings, because of the Bond movie, uh, charted higher. 
Yep, that's correct. It's Live and Let Die, Wings was number two, and Guns N' Roses, 33. Number nine, Roberta Flack in 1973 and the Fugees in 1996. Only Fuji song I know is Killing Me Softly. I don't really remember Roberta Flack, so we said Fuji's. Yeah, we also said Killing Me Softly and Roberta Flack. It is Killing Me Softly, and it is Roberta Flack. Uh, she had a number one hit for her, and the Fuji's peaked at number two. All right, and last one. The Guess Who in 1970 and Lenny Kravitz in 1999. You said American Woman and The Guess Who. We said American Woman, and we think Lenny's version charted higher. It is American Woman, and the Guess Who charted higher, 1 versus 49. All right, both teams doing pretty well in that swing round. Neil and Derek just a bit outside, adding 42 points to bring their total to 102. Uh, Jeff and Ken adding 44 points, bringing their total to 84. Let's head on down to that second round. But <laughs> <laughs> Heading on down. down to second round. <laughs> All right. So first question for round two, the category is movies and TV. Though Christina Applegate had already started her television career starring in Married with Children, what 1991 cult classic film also featured early appearances by David Duchovny and Josh Charles prior to their major TV roles? I don't know a lot about David Duchovny pre-X-Files, so... Should we say Adventures in Babysitting? Was he in that? I, I've never seen the movie. I don't think so. I don't know. Hmm. Well, you got better instincts today, generally, and this is more your category than oh, mine. That's so. a question, but let's go with it. You are very close. I used to watch this movie all the time as a kid. Howard the Duck? Uh, it's not Howard the Duck. It's another movie. Uh, don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yep, that's it. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah, the babysitter angle, Ken. <laughs> Lydia's question was right in my wheelhouse, Derek, so I'm glad we were able to get Good. that one. All right, number two, toys and games. One of the largest toy companies in the world, Lego, is famous for having a large variety of sets, many as part of licensing deals with movies and comic books. Which specific set is their best-selling to date? Any initial thoughts, Derek? I can't, I'm trying to think of if I know any specific sets of Lego. Um, what are you thinking? Well, Lydia's clue about uh, licensing deals with movies and TV, it makes me think it's probably going to be famous movie franchise. So Star, the one I see, yeah. Star Wars, Star I was going to say, I, I'm i thinking either like the Millennium Falcon yeah. or maybe Hogwarts, maybe, because Hogwarts sells a ton of stuff, like a lot of Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Um I think probably I'd go with the Millennium Falcon. Okay, I'm fine with that. Let's lock it in. We also said Millennium Falcon. And you both nailed it. It is the Millennium Falcon. Question number three, the category is cars. Auto companies were plagued with troubles over the last few years. Supplies and sales were down across the board, all of which may have paved the way to allow which automaker to become the world's largest as of 2022? I, my initial thought was Tesla, but I feel like electric cars only make up 20% of all cars sold, but I could be wrong on that. Um, so but I do like the idea, though. I, I see where you're at. I wasn't at sure because... if, it, if we were talking about number, so, number sold or, you know, value, like um, revenue from it. So because Teslas are a little more on the upper side of that. So 
Um, I mean, I'm fine to lock in that, lock that in, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't feel great about it, but I can't come up with anything else other than like Toyota or something. So let's just say Tesla. Yeah, I think on the market cap end, um, Tesla is definitely up there. Their valuation is really high, but um, I think for just the sheer number of cars they make and the diversity they have across their brands, we went Toyota. Um, so it used to be Toyota, but it's actually Volkswagen now. Oh. All right. Question number four. The category is random. Some may know that you can get salmonella infections from reptiles and that armadillos are a host for leprosy. But do you know the animal that most commonly harbors plague in North America? So, Jeff, clearly not a lot of cases of plague in North America. Not, not that I, I know of. At least on, on our, our scale. Right. I would say it's a low, low case load of plague. Yes. For now. Um, yeah, who knows what the future holds. So we got fleas, rats are known for spreading bubonic plague yes. back in the day. Not so much anymore because, you know, we don't see that. Um, and if it was rats, I mean, New York City would have just plague constantly. What about like a carrion bird, like a vulture? Ooh, I love carrion feeders. Um, yeah, let's go vulture. Michael yeah. Keaton spreading the plague. I know uh, amongst some friends that we affectionately call Ken Rat. I don't know if it it uh, swayed his decision to not go that route, but uh, we just said rodents. We still think that they carry plague. So it it is rodents. I don't know if I. I mean, it's technically prairie dogs. I would say no but point. No, for no way. No way. <laughs> okay. That's specific enough. Could have been like field mice. dog, and they're like, "It's prairie dogs." You're right. <laughs> Judges say no way. <laughs> no dice. All right. Question number five. This is the next listener submitted question written by my other sister, Elena. And the category is celebrities. Married from 1998 to 2005, who are the famous parents of the actress who plays Robin in Stranger Things? We can lock in. Yeah. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that's Maya Hawk in Stranger Things, and I'm pretty sure she looks like her parents. I think that's Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Sounds good. Just to up the uh, sodium content of uh, this triviality game to add a little salt, uh, prairie dogs occurring in, only in North America are burring rodents. We know that the they're rodents. Family. Yeah, it's they are rodents. Enough. It's just uh, there's many other rodents. You I'm could just, have said voles for Christ's sake. It's Birds. just for the record. It's for the record. Um, but uh, we said <laughs> Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. We locked in with. Yep, that's correct. It is Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. All right, after the first half of the second round, uh, just a bit outside, adding 30 points, bringing their total to 132. And insider baseball adding 20 points, bringing them to 104. Uh, just a running out of time to catch up, guys. No pressure, though. Like it's weird Neil's fighting for scraps when he's in the lead. Well, one thing I do want to fight for quickly is that when it comes to facts, all the facts are real in my new book coming out October 10th. <laughs> behind the screens, <laughs> illustrated floor plans and scenes from the best TV shows of all time. If you go to the show notes, Jeff will put a link in this there. This is shameful, Neil. <laughs> Just shameful. Richly imagine architectural illustrations of television's most memorable, memorable sets. There's hand-drawn floor plans of homes, offices, and towns from 35 classic TV shows full of trivia and Easter eggs. And I hope you help support me by picking up a copy. As somebody who's held it in my hands, I can tell you that the book is much better than that segue. It's a nice, <laughs> it's a very nice coffee table book. It is, and it's made out of the skin of, of prairie dogs. Could be read on a segue. <laughs> yep. All right, Read let's, it uh, you want. let's uh, finish off this uh, regulation. All right, number six, the category is wine. A standard wine bottle is 750 milliliters, but you can find wine in many other sizes. 
most of which are given biblical names. The largest wine bottle size comes in at 15 liters, or the equivalent to 20 standard bottles of wine, and it is named after what Babylonian king? All right. Uh, once again, me and Jeff are uh, are torn on this answer, um, but we're going to go with uh, this one. We're making Natalie and Brulia look like a healthy human being mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know any uh, Babylonian kings, Derek? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Is Nebuchadnezzar a Babylonian king? I think I and I he think is? I've heard of that in regards to wine too, but I could be wrong. Um, I like that answer for the simple fact that uh, Ken loves the Matrix. I think that's the name of the ship on the Matrix. Is it? Okay. So uh, maybe for good luck, just to take some luck from Ken, do you want to go Let's Nebuchadnezzar? Go. You don't need any of my luck. <laughs> Let's go with that. <laughs> All right. We were between uh, Methuselah, which I felt was a wine size, um, but not sure if it was a Babylonian king, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the other Babylonian king that we knew, and we went with Nebuchadnezzar. That's right. The correct answer is Nebuchadnezzar. All right. Points to Jeff. Methuselah is also a wine bottle size, but it's okay, only six liters. Thank goodness for that. According, according to the book of Genesis, <laughs> Ken, Methuselah, the son of Enoch, uh, was grandfather of Noah. That's that's the other thing, aside from being 969 alleged years old. Yeah. And a, a box of wine is one half of Methuselah, just so you guys know. It is, if we're doing conversions. It is hard to remember all the names from the Bible because as Genesis also taught us, there's too many people. It's always <laughs> drummers coming from the back and ending up the lead singer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. For question number seven, the category is dead presidents. There are only seven denominations of bills currently made by the U.S. Mint, but historically there were several more, some of which you can still find in circulation. Out of all that money, how, mes- how many U.S. presidents have been featured on bills? Um, and I'll give you this within one. Okay, so Derek, um, what are you thinking so far with this number one? I'm kind of going through the numbers. I think, you know, one, two, five, five ten, or ten's Hamilton, ten's Ham- right? And one of them. Mm, mm. So then we, we need one, two, five, 20, 20 50. 100. Hundreds Franklin, Benjamin though. Franklin's. Yeah, yeah so he's not pretty. Yeah, right. One, two, five, twenty, fifty. Isn't there like a Roosevelt? Yeah, thousand dollar bill or something. Sorry, uh, yeah. For five hundred, one of those. Um. So that's six. There's got to be like one secret one we don't know about because I, I just watched a video on this and I completely forgot everything. But I feel like there was like a thousand dollar bill or something that was only in circulation for a while maybe do seven and that covered a six to eight i like that yeah you want to go lucky number seven seven. hopefully it's lucky so we know there were um larger denominations of banknotes um like the five hundred thousand five thousand i think ten thousand but of those um we only thought like three maybe were uh had presidents on them so we guessed eight trying to give us seven and nine and you guys said seven Yes. Okay. Um, the answer is nine. Oof. Man, just a bit outside. Yes. There you go. (laughs) All right. Question number eight. The category is literature. First awarded in 1938, the Randolph Caldecott Medal, typically referred to as just the Caldecott Medal, is an annual award given for what? All right, uh, Jeff's got a good idea on this one, so we're going to lock in. 
So, Derek, I know it's not sci-fi. All right. Um, it's not, I don't think it's mysteries. Yeah, it's not, definitely not mysteries. It's not romance. Um, God, God, I've never heard of anybody named Caldecott. Um, there's one thing that we get wrong here consistently over six years, and it's usually kids' books. So maybe it's like children's, a children's, children's book metal. Book? Sure. Well, we can go with that because I'm not, I can't, okay. I've never heard of it. All right, we'll just lock in with children's books. So we're being a little more specific again. <laughs> and uh, we're saying it's uh, illustrators for children's books. Ooh. It is children's book illustration. Wow. All right, question number nine. The category is cults. One of the most well-known cults is the People's Temple led by Reverend Jim Jones. The reason this cult is so well known is for giving the world the phrase drinking the Kool-Aid in reference to the mass suicide that took place at Jonestown. Where is Jonestown? Okay, so I know it's in South America. It's in Northern South America. And I wanna say it's in one of three smaller countries. Well, I think it's Oh, so two, because one is technically France, and it wasn't France. So okay. French Guyana. So I think it's either Guyana or Suriname. Okay. I'm going to say Guyana. Okay. That's like right in like the north part of South America, and I think that's where he was. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, we agree with Jeff. We think it is Guyana. All right, and that's correct. It is Guyana. Uh, it was technically flavor-aid that they drank. I know Kool-Aid got like really bent out of shape about that expression for a while. <laughs> it was flavor-aid. <laughs> yeah. Do we know what flavor it was? Uh, I will look it up Is right now. Is that a town that if needs it was, a... it was, If it was grape, nobody would have dr drank it, I think. Right? <laughs> Is that a town that needs I wouldn't to rebrand more than Columbus, Ohio? That's just my opinion, though. Don't Not... come at me about grape flavor. It was grape. It was grape? Can't believe it. All right, so last question of regulation. The category is just for fun. With over 35 acting credits to his name, he's played mostly small roles, but he's had larger roles in movies like Contraband and Two Guns, and even got to play the mayor in 2013's TV movie Ghost Shark. Hey, this answer's got to be right at least once, right? Name that actor. Okay, Derek and I talked it over. We think it might be in reference to something we talk about a lot on the show, like Power Rangers, Tur Turtles, or uh, Captain Planet, but we can't think of anything, so we're going to go with uh, the comic book character Jason Todd. Okay, uh, and we're just guessing Randy Savage, because uh, we think it might be something that we talk about on the show, but we're not sure. It is something that you talk about on the show, and it did get mentioned. Uh, it's Lucky Johnson. Oh, oh <laughs> Lucky Johnson again. <laughs> All right, after the completion of the second round, uh, just a bit outside, adding 20 points there, bringing the score to 152. And insider baseball, using a little bit of that insider knowledge, perhaps, uh, adding 40 more points, bringing up to 144. Uh, so as I always say, but it's really true this time, it is anyone's game going into the final. How about we get those final round categories, Lydia? All right, so the final round categories are Manhattan, the Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, and Staten Island. All the wagers are now locked in, and it's time to discover what the questions are. All right. So question number one, Manhattan. Um, and I have not seen the movie Oppenheimer, so I don't know if that's going to give you an edge, if you have, with this question. 
The Manhattan Project was the name given to the research and development project that ultimately developed nuclear weapons during World War II. Given the complexity of this new technology, the decision was made to do exactly one test, marking the first official detonation of a nuclear weapon. That test was done under what code name? All right, number two, the Bronx. Don't be fooled by the rocks that she's got. She's still Jenny from the block, and she sure does have a lot of rocks. She recently celebrated her marriage to Ben Affleck, but how many times has she been engaged? And we'll give you that within one. Number three, Queens. In 2020, Queen became the first band to be featured on a United Kingdom coin and the third band to be on a United Kingdom postage stamp. But perhaps their biggest accolade came in 2003 when they became the first rock band to have all four of their members inducted in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. To be fair, they were all inducted at the same ceremony, but each for different songs. Can you name the guitar player who was inducted for writing We Will Rock You? Number four, Brooklyn. Despite the word Brooklyn translating to broken land, it actually peaked at number 21 for baby girl names in 2008. Can you name the most popular baby names of 2022? You can have your full wager for either the number one girl or boy name and half your wager if you get anywhere in the top three. And the last question, Staten Island. With over 22 million passengers annually, the Staten Island Ferry provides the largest free ferry service in the United States and single-handedly makes New York the number one state for free ferry service. Somewhat surprisingly, the second largest state-run ferry system in the country belongs to what other East Coast state? Of note, it is the only way for residents of Ocracoke Island to access the mainland. All right, we have our questions. We'll be back and find out who will be today's cream of the crop. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
All right, all the answers are locked in. But before we get to that, if you guys have been having so much fun listening to us play the game and would love to play the game yourself, you're actually going to have an opportunity to do that at SporkleCon. Is that right, Neil? That's right. In just a few weeks, uh, Triviality is going to be at SporkleCon, which takes place September 8th through 10th in Washington, D.C., it's the largest trivia quiz uh, con in the country. And what's going to be fun about this year is there's going to be $20,000 in cash prizes and charitable donations that are going to be given away over the weekend. So if you want to come see Triviality, you can do that. We're going to have a, a game uh, ready to play that Matt's going to help uh, facilitate, just like you might see on his stream. But there's also going to be 50 other events that you can go check out uh, from all different skill levels, uh, some big competitions for groups, for singles, any types of trivia that you'd like to play. What we want to offer you all, though, is a special code, which is Triviality, to save $15 off a full weekend pass. And if you want more details or tickets or anything else, you can go to SporkleCon.com. Thank you so much, Neil. And let's finish up this game. We had a really close one. We got 15 points wagered all the way down uh, for just a bit outside and 20 all the way down for insider baseball. So it's up for grabs. Uh, Lydia, take it away. All right. So for question number one, Manhattan, we're looking for the code name that the nuclear weapon was tested under. So uh, I did see the movie. I believe it was mentioned i uh, can't quite pull to mind from that but i think just in the background i knew somewhere it was trinity yeah thankfully i just saw the movie as well we we locked in with trinity all right yep trinity is correct question number two the bronx we're looking for the answer to how many rocks jenny from the block has got so how many times has jennifer lopez been engaged so we think uh, once from Ben Ben Affleck before there's Mark Anthony right A Rod, Ben Affleck again, and uh, I think she had a marriage to someone else not super famous before Mark Anthony. So, anyways, we said five, hoping that at least six was enough. I think they're going to be getting points here. Uh, yeah, she she married uh, just someone from her her knowledge uh, early on for like a year. Then it was a backup dancer, Ben Affleck once, Mark Anthony, A Rod. Uh, ben Affleck, second time. Uh, and we said six, which is also the train that she used to take uh, into the Bronx and out of the Bronx. <laughs> and yep, that's exactly correct. She's been engaged six times, so points for both. For question number three, Queens, we're looking for the guitar player who was inducted into the Songwriting Hall of Fame for writing We Will Rock You. Uh, Queens guitarist, Brian May. We also went with Brian May. <laughs> And Brian May is correct. All right. For Brooklyn, we're looking for the most popular baby names of 2022. So either the girl or boy name will do. Uh, I feel like the baby names have maybe shifted back to uh, more old school names. The classics. Uh, yeah, more classic names. Uh, so we just guessed Charlotte. Mm. All right. We kind of talked it over, tried to they think about any kind of any famous person they might be naming their child after and we went with taylor all right so no points on this round the number one most popular names were olivia and liam and number two was emma and noah and number three is amelia and oliver all right going into the final question it is 182 to 184 right now so it does come down to this final question Okay, 
So for Staten Island, we're looking for the second largest state-run ferry system. So what state is that in? Uh, we said North Carolina. We also, we, we originally had said um, Alaska, then we realized it was East Coast, so we went North Carolina. And it is North Carolina, so Ocracoke Island is part of the Outer Banks, and my parents live in the Outer Banks, so... All right. Uh, Neil and Derek, despite getting pretty much the same result as Insider Baseball there, uh, your uh, wagering uh, did not pay off doing a little conservative there. You're finishing with 197 points. Uh, today's cream of the crop is Jeff and Just Ken. Insider Baseball, 204 points. You are today's cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. It really was anybody's game. Yeah. All of our conflict throughout that game, Jeff, bred uh, success. It did. Seven-point swing. That was a great I, great game, wow. too, Lydia. Great questions. It really came down to prairie dogs. If you got prairie dogs, you guys. <laughs> Neil will forever mm. remember prairie dogs. He won't remember the question that was asked, but he'll remember prairie dogs. That's why the <laughs> that's why the prairie dog was so dramatic, because he had the plague. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> That's the squirrel, isn't it? Yes, that's okay, though. <laughs> oh, it's a prairie dog. Is it? Yeah. Well, we had so much fun today, and we had a, there was a great game written by Lydia. Thank you so much for writing it. Uh, do you have any last words or shout-outs you want to give? Uh, yeah, no. Um, thank you for having me and letting me uh, dip my toes into trivia hosting. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I love you guys. So you did a great I job. Look forward so to being on. We love you, too. Yes, yeah, thank you for taking the time and the effort. It was a, a really great game, and I know you said it was your first, but you wouldn't have known that uh, just by playing it. So, All right. And Derek, you guys came up just short today, but it was a great effort. Uh, any last words, or would you like to tell us you love us as well? Uh, of course. I love you all. <laughs> yeah, it was we good. Love you, Derek. A new requirement. Yeah. <laughs> That's how all the episodes are going to end. We love you. Love you too. Bye. Matt's really pushing the cult angle here. <laughs> My grape drink. Uh, any last shout outs or people or any last no, words? No, not really. Hope it was, it was a blast. Wish we just should have, wish we would have wagered more, but that's all right. Yeah, I fail. I failed you, Derek. That's uh, all right. I didn't have any ideas, so. I'm all right. Gonna, yeah. Neil, you want to give a shout out to the, to the media network that we are a part of? Yeah, uh, we are part of the Airwave Media Network. You can go check it out uh, at airwavemedia.com. And Ken, uh, I think you have three shows that maybe people should check out ready to go. Yeah, today we're going to pitch out uh, Culture Kids, The Purpose Show, and Wake Me Up before you go-go. But you go it's go. just called Wake Me Up. <laughs> Well, you can put whatever you want at the end of Wake Me Up. Uh, but we had so much fun today. Uh, it's time thank for you. us to go-go, right, man? <laughs> Seems to be about that time. Uh, thanks so much for Lydia and Derek joining us. For Neil, Jeff, Ken, I am Matt, and that was Triviality. Triviality.